What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We the people. Recording this week from the friendly confines of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, I am your host of the Rutgers Scoutcast, Sam Hellman. I'm a D.C. guy, and I'm happy to be recording and in D.C. this week on the road for Big Ten Basketball Media Day. We're going to get a little bit into Basketball Media Day in the body of the show. You got a taste of that from Steve Peichel this week, and there's going to be more of a basketball flavor this week and next week on the Rutgers Scoutcast, but we are still very much in football season. I know that 78 to nothing has some people checked out of football season, but that is not what you get at Scarlet Report. We don't check out, we check in, and at the halfway point in the season, Rutgers has a lot to work on. Rutgers ain't going to a national championship game this year, but there's plenty of football left to be played. There are some seniors that are working their tails off to try and make it to a bowl game. We'll talk about that in the show as well. On my way to Washington, D.C. earlier this week, I took a pit stop on 695 in Baltimore to visit Calvert Hall. Calvert Hall is the home of Tyshawn Fogg, four-star Rutgers linebacker commit. Fogg is one of the top prospects committed to Rutgers coach Chris Ash. He is a Jersey guy, and you are going to hear from Tyshawn Fogg during our interview segment this week. I really enjoyed my time with Tyshawn. We've met a few times, but never sitting down for the extended period of time that we sat down in his uh, guidance counselor's office at about 7.45 in the morning. So credit to him for uh, showing up to school awake. Credit to him for showing up in a coat and tie to school, which I'll tell you what, if they made me do that, I would not have graduated high school because I ain't doing that. Uh, Anyway, I had a good time talking to Tyshawn. His head coach, Donald Davis, is a true pro. He gets those kids ready for the next level. And, you know, I was going over some film with Davis after looking at Tyshawn Fogg and... Tell you what, part of that film, you see all the kids' GPAs, and it's 3-5, You come out of that school, you, you're going to be eligible. Tyshawn Fogg is no different. He's a great student. He's someone that was looking at Stanford. That tells you all you need to know. And Rutgers should be getting a pretty good one, assuming that everything stays good there. So we're going to hear from Tyshawn Fogg in just a minute, but here's a couple things that are on my mind that we won't address in the body of the show. Uh, First off, I want to take a minute to talk about Greg Jones, the walk-on fifth-year senior linebacker who recently had to call it a college career based on the injury suffered against Ohio State. Uh, Greg Jones was, is, not just was, a a very good example of what Rutgers football should be about, and that's... He's a kid that came from a nearby program. He came from Colonia, which is 25 minutes away from Rutgers. And he actually grew up wanting to go to Rutgers. He grew up wanting to go to this school and was willing to do whatever it took to make that football team. And while he made stops at junior college, at uh, smaller level schools, before he 
eventually walked on at Rutgers, changed his position six times. Tell you what, it's a good story, and his story is not over yet when it comes to football. It might be over on the field, but he's been around the team, around practices, and I see a bright future for him somewhere because he's a hard worker, and these are the kinds of stories I love. Sure, the amount of walk-ons that Chris Ash has starting, Greg Jones being one of those examples, yeah, that's a concern, and that shouldn't happen in the Big Ten, but it doesn't discredit the kind of work that someone like Greg Jones put in to get where he is. Um, you see Greg Jones on the sidelines before a game or at the Scarlet Walk or see him on Twitter, go ahead and shoot him a message of support because that guy worked hard and it's a shame that his career had to end the way it did. Although I know that everyone out in Colonia and a lot of Rutgers fans are proud of what he was able to accomplish. Uh, I hope our Scarlet Report members enjoyed the video sit-down chat that I had with Tyshawn Fogg earlier this week. You can go back and check that out in his profile If you're not a Scarlet Report member, you missed out, but keep in mind that I continue to offer an extended free trial to anyone that reaches out to me and references the Rutgers ScoutCast. We've had a few people do it over the last week, and there's no better time to jump on board. We are on the road covering events at Basketball Media Day. We're there, you know, three deep at practices every Tuesday. We're at every game at Rutgers, and that's no different against Illinois at noon. So with that said, I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Tyshawn Fogg. Here is part two, the more extended part. We get a little away from football in this and I'll talk a little bit more about him being an Asbury Park guy transplanted into Baltimore. I'm kind of the opposite growing up in the DC Baltimore area and then being transplanted to New Jersey. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about his mom, his relationship with Rutgers and his last couple trips and how he really went out of his way to make Rutgers a priority in recruiting over the summer. So we're going to hear from Tyshawn Fogg right now, actually right after this time of week, because i got to tell you real quick about FanEssentials.net. How would you like to get your favorite team's merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Well, check out FanEssentials.net. All you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to, and each fan box comes packed full with amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan, or you can be selfish and go ahead and get one for yourself. Prices start at just $34.99 at fanessentials.net, but here's the thing. Because you're a fan of the Rutgers ScoutCast, you can use my promo code SCARLET. You put that in at fanessentials.net at checkout, and you get 30% off your first month just like that. Visit fanessentials.net to get all the essentials you need. All right, excited to be joined by uh, Tyshawn Fogg of Calvert Hall, Rutgers Commit, one of the top linebackers in the country. Uh, you're welcoming me today at your school. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, so I made the drive down today from New Jersey, something you're very familiar with at this point. That's right. What is it like for you being a Jersey guy, kind of transplanted in this Baltimore Towson area? Um, I mean, it's definitely a different view. I mean, I moved from New Jersey to here, I think, in the fifth grade, so it's definitely a little bit different, the vibe, the area, and everything else, but I still like it. See, I'm the opposite. I grew up in Virginia, right. Baltimore, D.C., that whole area. Now I live in New Jersey. It's quite an adjustment. Right. See, I think about adjusting to New Jersey, and it's there's actually pizza there. There's 
there's no such thing as a U-turn or a left turn. Like, what are the adjustments for you coming to this Maryland area? I mean, it's definitely, like, a big adjustment. I mean, I like the area and everything, but New Jersey is just, like, a feel as I'm home. I know where everything is. I know where my family's at. I know where everything's located, so it's pretty good. I mean, the biggest change is mostly because I had to get used to where everything was. I mean, I had to develop new relationships and friends with people, but... I mean, everything else is pretty much the same. I mean, the area is totally different from New Jersey. I mean, there's more people I feel as though in New Jersey. It's a lot of more traffic and different things like that. But any other way, everything is pretty much the same. Does it, I guess, you committing to Rutgers and deciding to spend the next four or five years of your life there, did spending time in this area make you realize how much you love New Jersey? I mean, actually, I love Maryland, to be honest. Yeah, it's not, believe me, like I said, I'm from this area, so it's nothing against this area, but it's just so different. I mean, it's definitely different. I love New Jersey and Maryland. I actually, you know, Maryland's actually a pretty good area for me. I mean, me and my mom definitely got closer down here up in New Jersey. I'm from Asbury Park, and, you know, I spent a little bit of time in Camden also. So, I mean, there's actually a lot of crime up there and everything else. So, when we moved down here, it opened up more opportunity for me and my family. So, I actually love Maryland, too, so. Who do you cheer for on Sundays, then? That's got to be tough. Ah, Sundays. I'm not really sure. I'm a Jets fan for the NFL, but there I mean. There are many of us left. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we were talking also about you committing to Rutgers, committing to Coach Ash. Right. That's that's a real, it's not the easiest commitment. I mean, you're not committing to an 11-win program. You're right. committing to a rebuild. What was that decision like? I mean, the decision was definitely pretty difficult because when I committed, it was a new staff coming in, especially Coach Flood and them was there before. I was pretty close with that staff. Everything was good. And Coach Ash, Coach Neiman, Coach Maringer came in there. It was like a whole different change. The whole atmosphere changed, just the culture in general. But everybody was like, hey, Coach Ash is a good guy. Once I got to meet him and everything, I felt the same vibe from him. I definitely felt as though he could make a change within the program. So that's I, what I, mean. I think there were like two or three weekends in a row where I'm working at Rutgers camp. You know, we go and look for the kids that are participating. I'm like, wait a second, is that Tyshawn Fox? He's back again? Right. What's he... You were there a lot, and every time you were there, it seemed like you know Micah Clark or Jonathan Lewis or one of their big-time Jersey commits was all over you recruiting you. What was that summer recruitment like? I mean, John was definitely there. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys. I mean, like, listen, he's definitely going to do the thing. You're a Jersey guy or whatever. But, I mean, minus them saying all that, that was cool too. But just being there, it felt like it had a great vibe that other any other school didn't really have. just felt like it was home. I was comfortable, comfortable talking to the coaches, comfortable walking around. Deontay Roberts, which is one of the linebackers that's there right now, definitely got me into the program, too. He was actually one of the players I met, like, first when I came there. And usually I go to any other school. I don't really meet the players. So that definitely had a big impact on it, too. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how many Rutgers games have been on TV down in Maryland. Probably not as many yeah. as there are in Jersey. But yeah. uh, have you gotten to watch a lot of their linebackers yet? And you mentioned Deontay Roberts, and yeah. he's playing at a high level as a sophomore. Yeah. They're playing true freshmen like do you pay attention to that oh yeah I definitely pay attention to that uh, I mean I get to watch a game as much as possible I know a couple games was on TV I think in last week or the last two weeks or whatever so I was pretty I was watching it a lot and they had the Rutgers TV or whatever I don't know what they like described the program and how everything's going within there but I definitely watch Rutgers a lot on TV they air that on Masson around here I think uh, I think so yeah see look I know the local <laughs> TV channels I'm fitting in um yeah. What about Coach Ash made you believe in his vision? I mean, you see the losses they're having right now. Right. And some kids are going to be superficial and look past that, right. but you haven't done that. Like, why do you buy into what he's selling? 
I mean, because it's a first-year program, so everybody's going to go through their struggles. I'm not saying they're going to be a winning program coming right off the jump. That's not the case. But I feel as though if he keeps on going and keeps on grinding on what he thinks his plan is going to be, he's definitely going to be one of those high-contender programs. And, I mean, I'm down for whatever you have to do to win. So, like, if it's going to take a while, I'm going to be there regardless. I'm not one of those guys. If you committed, you committed to something. You're not just going to leave because they're doing bad or whatever. I knew it was going to be a struggling program building from the bottom to the top, but I'm always going to stick around. So, you say you say you're kind of a Jets fan. Uh, yeah. You followed Deron Lee very much. I mean, Coach Ash helped him get where he is. Yeah, so yeah, I definitely follow him a lot. I mean, my Jets struggling right now, but I definitely always check him out a little bit. I'm sure you're hearing plenty of Ravens talk and Redskins talk. Oh yeah, too. always. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I left the DC area, I was sick of that Redskins talk. Um, <laughs> I guess just wrapping up here, a couple more questions. Other than the football reasons. Life reasons, why did you pick Rutgers? I mean, life reasons. I mean, my family is, I mean, 45 minutes away. The area is beautiful. I'm accustomed to the area. I mean, some days I want to, you know, slip down in Asbury Park, New Jersey, visit my grandmother and my nephew, which I'm really close to in my life. I mean, a little man, he's really close to me. He definitely made me the person I am right now. Made me mature. My sister's down there. My mom, you know, this is me and my mom only, so... She was thinking about actually moving back to New Jersey if I did, you know, stay with Rutgers or whatever. So it's definitely a lot of stuff with family, a lot of stuff with the location that I'm into. I'm a big family guy, so I'm not trying to go too far for college. I can't be in touch with them. And Rutgers is a pretty good school, and I feel as though Coach Ash with the football program had a vision, and I think I could be a part of it. So I asked three kind of weird questions at the end of every interview, Rutgers-related. Um, right. My first one for you, I don't know how much you followed them growing up, but uh, do you have a favorite Rutgers player? Whether favorite. it's someone there now or a basketball player, just anyone that comes to mind. Favorite Rutgers player? Um, probably, I don't know. I like Leontay Carew. I mean, he went to the draft last year. He's like mo maybe the most recent guy that actually made it out. I paid attention to him a lot, especially when Coach Flood and the other guys was there. They always like, had me talking to him or whatever. He's a pretty cool guy. Then Leontay Roberts, he's one of those guys that knew Leontay. So, I mean, he always talks to him along with him, you know, FaceTime with him and everything. So it's pretty cool. So. When you think about Rutgers, do you have a memory, a favorite memory that comes to mind, whether it's a game you went to or just making a college decision, anything like that? Oh, yeah, that? definitely. It's probably when um, I committed, on the day I went there and committed and everything, it was like a whole bunch of excitement. Coach Neiman, Coach Ash was all um, shocked. And you had Deontay come up there jumping around celebrating with Bashan Austin and everybody. So it was a pretty good memory. All right, last one. Uh, if you get to go to Rutgers one more time and have one meal there, right. do, what would you what would you go to? Like, do you have a spot on campus you like to eat at yet? Or ah, dang, it was like this one food truck. I don't know what campus it was. Maybe it was Livingston. It was like a nice food truck that was pretty good. Are you talking about the grease trucks? Yeah, the okay. grease trucks. Yeah, that's a smart answer. Man. <laughs> All right, thanks, Tyshawn. No problem. All right, well, thanks to Tyshawn Fogg for giving me some time. On the show, uh, I had a good time meeting with Tyshawn, meeting his coach, and he's focused. By the time you're listening to this, he's kicking off against Gilman. That's a big rivalry game for Calvin Hall, so go ahead and wish him luck. Now, if I sound a little different now than I did 10 minutes ago at the beginning of the show, it's because I'm a moron. Um, I went to Big Ten Basketball Media Day. I got a ton of work done, and you're going to see more of that. In the next couple days, you've already seen some of that come through with uh, stories from Steve Peichel, Mike Williams, Corey Sanders. But also at Media Day, I misplaced my very expensive podcasting microphone. So 
not only will the audio quality suffer briefly, but I'm out. I'm out some major cash and got to go buy me a new one because I'm an idiot. But uh, so that explains a little delay in uploading this. I apologize. That is on me. But the other part of this delay was because of Basketball Media Day going through all of the content that I acquired at the event. I thought it would be fun to play for you what I would call the best of Steve Peichel. I spent 45 minutes with him on the record and just as much just kind of hanging out and BSing with him. Uh, Steve Peichel had some good stuff to say about the rebuild. He got a ton of questions about how can you possibly rebuild Rutgers, that kind of stuff. And he was ready with some interesting answers. He, you know, he's worried about making the next layup, making the next free throw. He's not worried about postseason berths right now. So what I'm going to play for you now before we jump into the Q&A for this week, it's a shorter show. I'm going to play for you the best of Steve Peichel. We'll come back, we'll do questions, close out the show, and then we're going to have an extended episode next week with everything from Basketball Media Day and hopefully the return of Brian Doan to talk about football after the Illinois game. So without further ado, here's Steve Peichel. Do the challenges that you see now, do they remind you of what you went through at Stony Brook? Like, what, what challenges at Rutgers remind you of what you fixed at Stony Brook? I mean, there's all challenges. You know, not just not just at Stony Brook, too. I, you know, I went to UConn when we were picked last in the Big East. At, you know, the first time I went through media day. New coach, Jim Calhoun. Um, you know, they were people were critical of, you know, the facilities at UConn back in those days. We were playing in the 8-9 game in the Big East tournament. And then I saw how he attacked it. Four years later, they won the Big East. And, um, you, you know, so a lot of the same things that you go through when you're building a program, you got to change the culture, you got to change the mindset. Um, you got to get everyone involved. Like, we need the students to come out and help us. We need the band, the dance team. We need everyone, you, you know, t- to help. And if everyone pitches in, you know, great things can happen down the other end. And, um, you know, we were picked last. I've been there, George Washington University, we were picked the bottom of the league, you know, when Carl took over and people, they, you know, all the different issues that you hear about, haven't won in a while, and maybe our facilities need to be upgraded. I love the rack. It was a great facility. Do, do we have the shiny toys that some of these other, no, but we're working on that. Pat Hobbs has done a good job addressing, you know, those issues, but we can still win. You know, we can still win and we can still put a great basketball team on the floor, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm looking forward you know, to attacking those challenges, and, and you know, there's challenges all over the place. Our defense is a challenge. Defending the threes is a challenge. Getting guys to block outs is a challenge. You know, getting the best facilities in the league is a challenge. Getting more people to games is a challenge. You attack them one at a time. You, you know, and and uh, you embrace the challenges, and and good things happen over over the period of time. So you're used to the facility criticisms that you're hearing now. You've heard them before and seen it get fixed. I mean, I, you know, Stony Brook, we won three championships in the smallest gym in America. You know, and then we built a great arena, and people said, uh, oh, you know, now you're going to have all the pressure on you because we got the nicest arena in the league. And I said, as if you gave me a pass when we played in the worst arena in the league and we had won three championships there, you know, so there's just going to be a different challenge then when you have the nicest facility in the league and people are going to criticize something else. You don't play in the Big East, you play in the America East. And, you know, so there's always different challenges. You embrace them. Um, you can't solve all of them over at you know in, in one in one day, um, you know. So I've heard those criticisms in the past. I like the rack a ton. I've played in it. I've watched games in it. I think it's 
I think it's an exciting place to be. We have great fan support. New Jersey's a great state. It's got good basketball people. I mean, I'll tell you all the positive things. People will tell you the negatives. There's negatives every place that I've coached. Whether it be, I was at Yale University, one of the great universities in the country. I was at UConn, one of the best basketball programs in the country. You know, every place you have different obstacles. Embrace them. Try to change some of them that you can change. Get you guys to play hard. Represent the school the right way. We got a lot of great things, you know, to sell. Rutgers, great school with great people, a great institution. You know, playing the best league in the country. So, you know, whenever you hit me with one of those, I'll hit you with ten reasons why you should you should think about Rutgers. How much you mentioned Jamil Warney? I mean, everyone looks at guys like Coach Calhoun and people that can help you. But how much does it have, help you to have a guy like Jamil that's so supportive and doing it professionally right now? Well, I mean, you know, Jamil's just a product of what, you know, I'm trying to preach here is, um, you know, we're going to take care of kids. We're going to develop them. He graduated. I mean, he became just better in every area by being a part of our program. And I only take a small amount of credit for that. He did the work himself. He did, you know, the sweat equity. He made himself an NBA, you know, player. He lifted the weights, he lost the weight, he got in the gym, he did, but my staff plays a small role in that and encouraging him and nurturing and making it an environment that he could thrive in. But, you know, he's an example, but there's a lot of other guys I can, you know, we had a kid named Mohamed Elamid, he's still playing in Europe. He's a great player. Tommy Breton was the national defensive player of the year. He's playing in Japan. I mean, these kids all got better and they could have went other places. They picked a place. I'm honored that they picked the place I was coaching at. But those are all kids, uh, you know, that, that got a lot further than people, you know, originally evaluated them to, to, to go. And, and uh, you know, I'm proud that I could take a small, you know, piece of that. But the kids, you know, the common denominator is they did the work, you know, and they made themselves pro basketball players. So you have 12 student managers this year. Uh, I mean. Why, uh, what, was, what went into, like, adding so many people to the staff? You know what? I don't know. What the manager roster was last year? I think so it was like I, maybe two or three guys. You know, I have no idea. This is excitement and enthusiasm. I'm people that want to be involved and students especially. I think it's a great healthy thing, you know, you know to, to have. And uh, hopefully, like you know, just having one of them bring a friend to a game. Like that's how you build programs. I mean, you know, you, you guys have to realize when I took the job at Stony Brook University, it was I don't know, 25, 35, 40 people at a game and. If wow. you could take those people and get them to bring one or two friends, and, and that's how you do it. And, and you don't just go from having an empty arena to a full arena. I mean, they were scalping tickets the last few years to our game on Craigslist. And we went from having, you know, 100 people. And I remember they putting, you know, 719. I'm like, there was 100 people. Like, I don't know. The game, you know how they do that on the box scores, yeah, and you yeah. say like, "Boy, I didn't those see are always accurate." Seven. Yeah, I didn't see, and I said like, you know, like, the, 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 you know, but the guy that I got coffee from every morning, I every morning when I went in, I said, like, "I'm into a game, and, ah, I'm coming, yeah, I'm coming, yeah, I'm coming." Eventually, year three, the guy came, and by the way, he liked it, and he came back after, you know, like I had a next door neighbor who never came to an event, and then. Two years later, never missed an event. You know, just come to one. I got a ticket for you. And then they brought their kids and their kids. You know, it was, and sometimes that's how you have to build things. But 
great part is Rutgers has a fan base and has a great, you know. But, like, with the managers, that's what I want. I want kids that want to be. And then the best ones, I want competition. <laughs> managers, you know, the best ones stay. And the best ones, you Four know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, there could be some days it seems like there's 15, you know, 20. <laughs> what if- I've been waiting to ask you this. It's so ridiculous. This one's ridiculous, so you got to bear with me. Um, What's my favorite color? No, no, that's obviously scarlet, right? <laughs> Absolutely, it is now. <laughs> yep. So uh, one of Stony Brook's biggest supporters is Mick Foley. Oh, and he, kind. Yeah. he is one of the good guys, too. And I will tell you, one of the more talented people. He's a writer. He's an unbelievable, unbelievable guy. Not only is he a businessman, he's a, a great parent you know like he's got all the you know great qualities i was gonna ask how how, do you like having a a supporter like that i mean he came to Rutgers last year did he yeah he came to Rutgers for an event and i was talking to him just about coming to the event and he said yeah i'm a big basketball fan i go to stony brook games all the time and this was well before any coaching change gonna get him down we may have him be our halftime show he'll he'll tackle one of the coaches or something on the other team (laughs) yeah he's really good but a really talented like people know him as the rest i mean he's very you know, I read his book. He's got books out and everything. Best-selling like, author. He's best-selling author. He writes children's, you know, like, in, in, in a really exciting guy. So, yeah, we come to all of our games, too. And you don't realize the the abuse your body takes doing that, like, you know, on the knees and the back and, the, you know, that world. Oh, my God. You know, but really, and his father was one of the all-time great Stony Brook people, long-time athletic director at Ward Melville High School, local high school, and one of the good, uh, you know, one of the good, truly good people in athletics that you meet that, you know, had the kids, took care of the kids. I mean, the, the whole thing. Like, he was one of those administrators that was an institution at that school for years and raised a great family. So, yeah, good people. Good people. Thanks again to Steve Peichel for the time, and you know me, I had to shoehorn a wrestling reference in there, and credit to Peichel, he actually had a great story about Mick Foley and Mick Foley's family, it was more than just me uh, gratifying uh, my own wrestling interests there, so good job for him. Okay, now welcome back, we're doing the Rutgers mailbag segment for this week, you guys know, tweet me at Sam Hellman Scout. You can hit me up on Scarlet Report and try our extended free trial just by emailing me and referencing the Rutgers Scout cast. You get first dibs on questions if you are a member to Scarlet Report, and that's where we jump in today. The on-topic question for this week came uh, from new RU fan who asked in our basketball discussions yesterday about the amount of size that Rutgers has this season. You've got a legit seven-footer in C.J. Geddes. That's where it starts. I'm really excited about this kid. I think he needs to get into shape. He doesn't look like a guy that's a Big Ten basketball physique just yet. But there's still plenty of time before the season starts. I actually saw CJ Getty's play last year. Uh, I was in Rhode Island for the NCAA tournament. And his UNC Wilmington team played against Duke in the first round of the tournament. So he's he started in that game. So right there, that's why you want him on your team. He has starting NCAA basketball tournament experience, and he's got it against Duke. He's got it playing against a Plumlee, and that's not easy. Those are the kind of guys that would destroy Rutgers in the post, so it's great to get him. I don't know if he's a starter, but it's a 
good, good late edition. As Steve Peichel put it to us, we just got him five minutes ago, so let's see how it goes before talking about that. I think Candido Saab brings them some good versatility in the post. Everyone already knows about Shaq Dorson and about Ibrahima Jallo. Shaq Dorson, uh, you're going to hear, this is a story you're going to hear on every BTN broadcast all year. It's a good story, but it's you're going to get sick of it very fast, how Shaq Dorson has lost 45 pounds in the last 200 days. He's more athletic and mobile now than he ever was, and that's going to help him stay healthy. Ibrahim Ajalo, good athlete, great size, still needs to learn how to stay out of foul trouble. And then you rounded out Deshaun Freeman, Jonathan Laurent, Issa Thiam. The size is really good. And here is the real advantage to size that Rutgers has now. I know it's unproven size, but what it gives you is it lets you play players at their natural positions. Uh, Take one look at Mike Williams' reaction in my video interview with him. It might not be up yet, but when you see Mike Williams' interview, take one look at his facial expression when I ask him about playing power forward. Uh, Jonathan Laurent, a 6'6", true freshman from Dr. Phillips High, they were asking him to play center last year. That kind of stuff can't happen in the American Athletic Conference, and Eddie Jordan had to ask his team to do that in the Big Ten because of all the injuries, because of not recruiting the best big men. So Steve Peichel did a good job addressing his needs. They have some good coaches to get better in the paint. Jay Young is their defensive guru coming over from Stony Brook with Steve Peichel. I think that size will not be a concern for Rutgers this year. Now how those big men play, how they stay out of foul trouble, how they handle their conditioning when the minutes start getting longer and longer in Big Ten play, that remains to be seen. Thanks for the question. Okay, off topic this week. It came from Twitter. Uh, I really enjoyed the question. It made me laugh. Uh, The question is, why would Rutgers pick Illinois for homecoming? Noon start, bad team. Well, the second part is your answer, bad team. It's the same reason that Rutgers is the homecoming opponent for so many road teams. You always want to try and schedule a game against not a cupcake, but one of your easier games on the schedule for homecoming. You want your alumni to come see a good game, see a competitive game. You don't want to stress out the fan base. You want Brian Leonard, who's coming to be honored, to come and be honored during a Rutgers win. Um, I did an appearance with our Illinois affiliate on their ESPN radio show, the Tay and Jay show, earlier this week. You can find the replay of that on Twitter, but we were joking around on you know, Illinois and Rutgers, they're the king of homecoming opponents because every other team says, okay, finally, this Big Ten schedule is a grind, finally a game we can win. And I think that both Illinois and Rutgers are looking at this game as such. We've gone in extensive detail about this game, and I'll tell you what, it's not an easy win for Rutgers, but it is a winnable game. It's a game that Rutgers needs to go all in and, and try and pull this one out. They need to grind but it is winnable and sometimes when you have two football teams that aren't very good those make for the most fun games I actually think this could be a really good football game Uh, think about when Illinois basketball played Rutgers basketball in triple overtime at the rack last year 
bad teams, bad basketball game, but it was a lot of fun. It was a ridiculous game. Uh, Corey Sanders hitting shots he had no business hitting. Uh, again, triple overtime, people fouling out. The game lasted six hours. That was fun. And I wouldn't be surprised if this game is just as fun. As far as the homecoming aspect, those of you that listen that are not from the area, maybe making the trek to New Brunswick, to Piscataway, I hope you do find time to try and enjoy this game. The big part about homecoming for me, it's not about the wins and losses, it's about the people. So I hope that those of you that come a little farther away are able to find a good time and go, you know, have a meal at your favorite old place, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, College football Saturdays are about a lot more than the game, and I think homecoming is a great example of that. You're going to see me wandering the parking lots before and after the game, after I get my work done, seeing some of my old college friends, and I hope you all are able to do the same. So thanks for that off-topic question. Enjoyed the Q&A this week. Uh, I'm just going to wrap the show right here, actually, instead of transitioning into a closing segment. I know it's a little shorter this week, but you know what? Sometimes there's only so much to talk about, and I thought the interviews this week spoke for themselves. I hope that you guys hear from someone like Tyshawn Fogg and are able to say that some of these kids really do see the vision and are looking beyond wins and losses and are looking at the opportunities. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Steve Peichel. The kinds of things he said to me are the exact kinds of things he says to recruits. And I think when recruits hear stuff like UConn uh, and look at Peichel's experience there, that, that holds water. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Rutgers Scoutcast, episode 32. Go ahead and shoot us a like. Uh, tweet us that you enjoyed it. Whatever you want to do, like and subscribe on iTunes is important. The best way to support the show, give us a five-star rating. If you want to give us a one-star rating, I'll cry, but you can do that too. Anything you can to help improve the show is also welcome. Speaking of stars, congratulations to Cedar Creek wide receiver Bo Melton on getting his well-deserved fourth star. Why don't you go ahead and tweet Brian Doan, what took you so long? This kid's a superstar in the state of New Jersey for high schools. He's the best receiver in the state, and like a lot of other best players in the state, he's excited to play for Rutgers. I'm Sam Hellman, publisher at ScarletReport.com and the host of the Rutgers Scoutcast. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.